Thank you for listening to the Radiant Church Podcast. For more information, visit us at weareradiant.com. Take out those worship guides. Inside of there are some sermon notes as we dive in. We are a note-taking church, and we're in a brand new series that I'm starting today for the next four weeks called Faith in the Fire. And this series came out of a season in my life where I just felt like, man, I was being tested. Anybody else have those seasons in your life? You just feel like everything's testing you. Your, your spouse is testing you. Your patience is testing you. Your character's being tested. Uh, the traffic's testing you. It just seems like everything's testing you in your life. And, and I had this season where I just feel like I was under a season of testing. And, and in those moments of testing, I really was doing my Bible reading plan. I tried to read through the Bible once a year. And uh, my, my part of the Bible that I was reading through is a book called the book of Daniel. Now, if you're not currently reading through the Bible, I would challenge you to take the next month from today until the end of, of September and read through the book of Daniel. Because in the book of Daniel, that's the story we're going to be studying for the next month. And we're going to look at the story of three guys whose faith had really been tested and to the point that you'll see at the end of the story, it was actually tested in literal fire, which you will see in a few weeks. But we're gonna start the early part of their story. Let me give you a little background. The story is about a people called the Israelites. These are God's chosen people. They've been chosen by God to, uh, to kind of do great things in the world. They've been given a land, so they're brought out of Egypt into the promised land, and they, they got this area, and they, the capital of this thing was Jerusalem, and they were, they were able to really, um, as they honored God, God blessed them, but the problem with them, like all of us, is that they had moments of disobedience. And, and so what they would do is they'd try to get their eyes on God and then they would fall back into idol worship or back into disobedience. Maybe some of you are visual learners. So I found this meme that kind of described the, ver- the children of Israel. That's kind of them. So that's the God that, that, that delivered them out of slavery. And then there's idols. So, so you got a moment where you, know, you realize there's this battle and, and finally... Uh, about 600 years before Jesus came, about 2,600 years ago from now, uh, it got so bad that God was like, finally, y'all are on your own. And so what happened is this Babylonian king came in and invaded Israel and took over Jerusalem. And this king's name is important. His name is King Nebuchadnezzar. Now, this is a big deal because how many know when he was growing up, he had to spell that to every one of his teachers Every time he called, they would say, can you, explain, can you just spell that for us? And he was like, okay, yet again, why did my parents name me Nebuchadnezzar? I know that's a big deal. So you don't have to spell it, but let me just tell you, this king is important. He's the Babylonian king. Now, he was smart because what he decided to do is he said, listen, if I'm going to rule, and he took over Jerusalem, took over all these Israel, um, Israeli people, and they called it the, the Babylonian exile. So he took them all into captivity he goes, if I'm going to rule these people, then I need to know how they think. He's a smart guy. So what he's going to do is I'm going to pick four of them to come and work for me so that I kind of have an inside story of what the Israelites are like. And so he picked four of them. We're going to pick up in our story, Daniel chapter 1, and it starts in verse 4. We're introduced to our four guys, and here's what it says. It says, four young men, and this is what he wanted to pick, who were without physical defect, handsome, showing aptitude for every kind of learning, well-informed, quick to understand, and qualified to serve in the king's palace. This right here is every Christian girl's Christian mingle profile that she's looking for right now. This is it. I just want you to know, it is, (laughs) that's funny. I don't care what you say. They're like, I want that Daniel 1-4 anointing. Bring it in my life, God. 
I'm tithing for that. No, 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 don't do that. <laughs> Where did that come from? Uh, listen, there was only four of them back then, only one today, and Katie got it. Hallelujah. And she's the court. It's not true. Anyway. So these guys basically were exceptional, all right? And so, so he picks them, and here's the, the guys that, that he picked. Out of all the Israelites, he picked them. He says, among those who were chosen were from Judah, and there were Daniel, Hananiah, Michelle, and Azariah. And then here's the thing, because many of you guys, I don't know those names. Well, that's okay, because they actually changed some of the names. And it says, the chief official gave them new names to Daniel, the name Belshazzar. Well, Daniel heard that name. is like, eh, ain't going with that one. I'll stick with Daniel. And it's kind of it's lasted the last 2,600 years. But listen to Hananiah. He gave Shadrach to Michelle. He gave Meshach. And to Azariah, he gave Abednego. Okay, here's our three guys. You need to know who they are. Let's say their names out loud with me. Ready? Shadrach. Meshach and Abednego. I've never done a series off these guys' life. I've been studying it like crazy because I'm gonna show you how these guys are crucial to understanding what life is like when you're being tested. So get this story. They're in Jerusalem. They're a 1,000 miles away from Babylon. And as they're a 1,000 miles away from Babylon, they get this call that the king wants them in his house. Now, this is a big deal. Now, let's just picture it. Everybody is in exile, means in slavery, so if they're in exile, if they're in slavery, these four guys are taken out of slavery, brought to the king's house. You could say that these guys got saved. They got saved. Now, not the salvation we understand, but they got saved from their circumstance. Now, let me just put this to, to, to help you a little bit because it's gonna understand that as soon as they get saved out of their circumstance, they walk into a season of testing. Let me help you today at every location. Ready? Listen up to me. Just because you get saved from your sin does not mean you are saved from the testing that this world still offers people. You, if someone told you that you give your heart to Christ and you'll never experience another test in your life, they were a salesman, they were not a preacher, they did not tell you the truth, and I'm here to bring you the truth today. Can I hear a good amen today? So they're experiencing a test. And here's their, the first day they're there. You're going to see it all throughout the next four weeks. All these tests, this, this fire, the pressure that they experience. But the very first one happened on the very first day they were there. And I think you can connect with it. Here's the first one. It says it like this. The king assigned them a daily amount of food and wine from the king's table. So these guys are on this journey they walk into the king's house. There's a table set for them, and they go and sit down. They go, this is going to be awesome. We're going to sit down. We're going to have some food. I mean, they're, they're ready to go. They sit there. They got their fork and their knife. They're ready to go. They're ready to eat up here. And, and, and then the food starts getting served. And what they realize right away is that the food being served to them is food that scholars say one of two things. One was food that was against Jewish law and custom, so that the Old Testament would have forbid the food that was served, or the second thing, that it was food that was offered to the, the false gods in Babylon. So it was something that as soon as you ate it, as you partook in it, it was a way of you saying, yeah, I'm, I'm for this, 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 this uh, pagan religion. What the king was doing was bringing them together and saying, listen, here's what I'm gonna do. I'm gonna test their belief in their God. I'm gonna bring him to this table and I'm, I'm gonna bring him, I'm calling this the, the table of testing or, or here's the message for today. You can write it down in your, in your notes today. I'm calling it the character test. So it's, 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 they're a thousand miles away 
Nobody's gonna keep them accountable for it. Nobody's gonna know if they eat it or not. And they're at a moment where their character is being tested. Do they do what's right? Do they do what they've been raised to do? They're, they're battling this moment, because you know what it's like, where you're sitting there and, and maybe that, that thing is offered to you or that lifestyle is offered to you or that relationship is offered to you. And, and, it's, and it's a table of testing where you are sitting there and there's a moment, and it might be brief, but there's a moment where you have to make a decision. Do I go with what my convictions have said, what I've been raised to do, what the Bible tells me, or do I, do I compromise? Do I do, I do The table of testing looks different for so many people. Maybe the te- table of testing is how you treat people that you can get nothing from. What, what about the table of testing looks like how you talk about somebody that talked bad to you or hurt you. Uh, you know, table of testing looks like this. When you're sitting there and you're like, I have a choice. That person did me wrong. Do I talk about them or do I talk to them? It's a character test in your life. You see, a table of testing looks like 275. The words that come out of your mouth on the interstate. Like if those words were, were blasted across the screen at whatever location you're at today, would you be okay with what has been said? Many of you guys, the table of testing is an electronic device that you hold in your hand. It, it's, it's something that you hold in your hand that, that honestly, every time you get on, you go, oh man, I know what I should look at. I know what I should do. But then there's this, there's this person I wanna text or this site I wanted to go to. We're battling this idea of our Character. It's a table where your character is tested. It happens in your finances. Happens every time you fill out your taxes. I don't want to go there, but you got the idea. Happens every time someone mistreats you. It, it tests your character. Here's what character is. Ready? Write it down in your notes. Character is simply this: who you are when nobody is looking. So it's it's the real you. It's not the Instagram you. That's not real you. We know that you worked hours to put that picture together. That's not the real you. It's not the Sunday you. We love the Sunday you. We love it. You walk in, praise God, hallelujah, bless the Lord, pastor. I'm like, you were not saying that Friday night. Yeah, like, like yeah, there's, a, there's a different you. It's, it's the real you. And I, I want us to peel back the idea and go, go who is this, this real you? Who is this person that when the testing comes, they're able to realize who they really are? Because let me just say this, your character matters, church. I know this isn't a fun, exciting message, but I do need you to shout me down a little bit. Your character matters here. And this is, listen, I'm at a place in life that I've got to preach this for you guys because I've seen way too many people because of a lack of character get kept from the potential and the purpose that God has for their lives. And, 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 and I'm, I'm at this place, and I know it's wrong, but I'm at this place where, where how much I care for you far as outweigh how much I really care about what you think about me. So I'm going to preach it real today because I believe today that your character really matters. Because some of you guys have got to this table of testing and you haven't passed the test. Here, here's why character matters. Ready? Write it down your notes like this. Because talent will take you to the top. But it's your character that'll keep you there. So, so you've seen this in, in, the, in the musical world where someone will go to the billboard, the top of the billboards, and then they fall right after what happens? They had talent to take them to the top, but their character couldn't keep them. We see this with politicians. We see this with movie stars. We see, but it's not, it's every industry. It's, it's the business world. We've seen them. They go, from, they go from entry level to a VP, 
and then they fall. Why? Because they're, they didn't have the character to keep themselves there. There's something about the fact that your, your character has the sustaining power to hold you. I, I'm, I'm my number one concern in life is that I don't have the talent, that I have the talent to grow something great for God, but I don't have the character to sustain it. And, and I'm just at a place going, God, God, keep me in a place that where my character can always sustain what you're gonna do in my life. There, there's so many people that they, they, they want so bad to get to the top. You're focusing, listen, you're focusing on the wrong thing. You're focused on your position, that, which is external. Stop focusing on your external position. Focus on your internal character. And if you take care of your character, God will promote your position. I'm telling you, he'll do it in your life. Uh, I use this illustration with our church leadership quite often, and it's the game Shoots and Ladders. Y'all probably remember this game, where you start out, everybody kind of starts out at the same spot, and this is life. You start out, and, and, and you're going through you know, high school and college, and you want to make something of your life. You want to do something great with your life. We all do. And so you have these moments, and then, and then on this board, there's eventual, there's ladders, and ladders are awesome. Ladders take you a, a, a notches above everybody else in a, in a short amount of time. And you know what? Ladders aren't unfair, but ladders are life. Ladders are you got the inheritance. Your family passed the business to you. You, you, you married wealthy. Come on. That's awesome. Like You get a ladder that just jumps you to the next level. That's awesome. Pray for good ladders in your life. That'll, that'll bless you. And so we've all had ladders in our life. We've all had some kind of blessing we didn't deserve. And a ladder will take you further but as you go in this thing, you're just working the grind. There's also these things, these shoots, these little slides here. Y'all know what these are? You see, you see, with these slides, it doesn't matter how hard it took to get you up. If you land on the wrong one, guess what? It'll take you all the way back to the bottom. Let me tell you, the ladders are hard work in God's favor. The shoots are a lack of your character. So what I've realized in life, there are moments in my life that if I'm not careful, there's different shoots that I don't care. We can get to the top of whatever mountain of influence you're trying to get to in your business world, in your marriage, in your family. You can jump to the top. But if you're not careful of the shoots in life, this is the, this is the affair. This is the addiction. This is the tax evasion. This is the, the, the secret sin that nobody knows about. This is the one thing that eventually will be found out and it'll take you all the way back to the bottom. Let me tell you, the mountain of influence takes years and years to climb and only seconds to fall down. Your character matters, church. Your character matters. Here's another reason why character matters, because simply without character, there is no trust. Have you realized this with relationships? You can't trust that person. They're kind of shady. They're, they're, they're unreliable. They're not consistent. So it messes up a relationship. And, and here's why. Because without character, there's no trust. And Without trust, there is no relationship. So a lot of you guys want healthy relationships. You don't realize that the foundation of healthy relationships is trust, which is so important to build. And the only way to build trust is to build your, oh, say it loud at Brandon, what? At every look, yeah, yeah, your character. That's how you do it. When you become a person of character, people will trust you more. They'll give you more opportunities. Everybody says, oh, I want a better relationship. I'll use this little picture from my little dining room set here. Uh, this picture um, can only be filled with water up till either the top of it, which is its full potential, or the lowest crack in this picture. And, and I'll say this about your relationship. Your relationship will grow up to the lowest crack in that relationship. So, so the lowest crack is always a definite, it's always where's the trust? 
Where's the trust? Well, well, it'll never grow. Your relationship will be as strong as it is trustworthy. So, so when you stop trusting the person, you can't build that relationship. So you go, well, I've lost trust in the relationship. Here's the only way to restore it. Ready? Ready? Become a person of character. Say, do what you say. Be a person who's the real deal behind the scenes and in front of them. And watch how you build your character, you'll build your trust, which will build the relationship. Can I get a good amen today? It's important. I'm telling you, character matters. Here's the third one. Ready? It's simply because people do not need a motto to say. They need a model to follow. They don't need another catchy statement. They need a, they need a model to follow. That's why we say, we say this all the time in our, 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 our world. We say, to our, especially to our kids, do as I say, not as I... That's the stupidest thing I've ever heard in my life. Because guess what? I, I'm, telling you, I'm telling you this as a preacher. I, for a living, all I do is talk to people. And I realize people don't listen to much of what you say. But they follow what you do. They see how I treat my spouse. They see how I invest in this church. They see how I pray. People are much more involved. That's why it's very difficult for me to get mad at my kids. I get really frustrated with them. And then I look at them and realize every character flaw they have comes from either me or my wife. And most of the time, can I be honest? It's from my wife and she's... Kidding, anybody that knows Katie knows that's not true at all. <laughs> so it's hard to get mad at them. Look what John Maxwell says. I love this. He says it this way. He says, 89% of what people learn comes through visual stimulation. They're watching this stuff. Only 10% comes through audible stimulation. And look at this, 1% comes through other senses. Now, why does this, why does this matter? Here's why. Because, so it makes sense that the more followers see and hear their leader being what? Consistent. They want to see the character issues and that they want to see the person being consistent in action and word. The greater their consistency and their loyalty. Look how he says it. What they hear, they understand. But what they see, they do what? They'll actually believe it. So, so if you want people around you to change, understand they're not listening to the word. Bosses, this is super important. Parents, is super important. They're not listening to what, they, what, you, what you say. They're listening to what, they're watching what you do. That's why we tape, tell people, you teach what you know, but you really reproduce who you are. So, so if you want to reproduce kids that love God and that, that walk in character and integrity, then you got to be that yourself. Can I hear a good amen today? So, so our guys, our Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego are sitting there at the table. They're back to their table of testing. And they're at this moment, and this food's being served. And, and we've all had these moments where we go, oh, we shouldn't be watching this. Oh, we shouldn't be listening to this. And you're, you're in this internal battle. And while the food is being served, they have this moment where they go, okay, we got to make a decision. And the Bible says this is what they did, okay, at the table of testing, super important if we're gonna build our character, ready? It says it like this, and it says, but Daniel resolved not to defile himself with the royal food and wine. And he asked the chief official for permission. He said, he said listen, I, I, I wanna not defile myself. I don't, I don't, wanna, I don't wanna do this. I, I, we can't eat this food. So he comes up with a plan, and here's his plan. He says it this way. He says, Daniel said to the guard, whom the chief official had appointed over Daniel, Hananiah, Michelle, and Azariah. He says it like this. He says, please, he says, test your servants. Now say that word with me. Test your servants. All right, he says, test your servants for, for 10 days. Now 10 days is a long time. And he says, here's what I want you to do. Give us nothing but vegetables to eat and water to drink. How many know 
that is not the test I would have chose at that moment. I would have said, listen, all right, listen, chief official, here's what I'm gonna challenge you with. Test your servants. Give me nothing except for food from the island of Cuba. I want nothing for 10 days other than media noches and, and rice and beans and pork and fried plantain. Come on, somebody help me with, with, with churros after. Come on, somebody. That, that's the test I would have chose, but they chose differently than I did. They chose, they chose a difficult test to say, listen, I want, you, I want you to understand, we take our character so seriously, and then here's what they did. They're probably at this moment, there's people around going, can you believe these guys? They're snickering. There's, there's other guys at the king's table. They're looking at each other. These are the new guys. How are these new guys in here trying to make decisions like this? Trying, you know what? They probably did the same thing they do to me and you. These holy rollers, Bible thumpers. This guy, you're, you're, spirit, you're, you're too wild, crazy church people. You know, they're, they're calling all the names. That, I remember I was called the same stuff. I remember when I was, got saved. All my friends, they were all, they'd all want to go out and party anymore. I'd say, you know, guys, I'm not going to do that. They'd want to watch certain movies. I'm not going to do that. They'd call me all the names. They'd do jokes. I'd, I'd kind of bow out of the jokes. And, and, and why? Because I just realized, listen, my character mattered. And so many of you guys, you're not worried about your character. You're worried about what people think about you. And here's what I can challenge you with. Write it down in your notes because you can't ever build character caring about what people think about you. Here's, here's the key. That if I take care of my character, my reputation will take care of itself. And a lot of you guys, you're so worried about what people think about you and not concerned about what God thinks about you. And if we're gonna live a life that honors God, then let's remove the care. Listen, I'm, I'm, I'm less worried now than ever before about what Instagram thinks. I'm more interested in what my integrity says because I think we got a place, we've gotta, we gotta make a decision. Is it my reputation or is it my character? And watch what happens. If you take care of your character, God will take care of your reputation because those things, same friends at 16 year old who made fun of me and mocked my reputation. Guess what? They're calling me now. They're going, hey, please help me during this situation. Help my marriage out. Why? Because my character withstood the whole time. And guess what? You just take care of your character. God will take care of your reputation. Amen. And it's exactly what helped happen to our guys. Shadrach, Meshach, Abednego, and then their buddy Daniel. Look what happens. The Bible says it like this. At the end of the 10 days, they looked what? Healthier and better nourished than any of the young men who ate the royal food. What? From eating vegetables? Come on. That is, listen, let me tell you. This, the, I haven't gone 10 days. I've gone 10 days without eating vegetables. I feel great. And I've tried, come on, I've tried the little diets, I've tried the thing. You don't feel this way. If I was in their shoes, I'd, I'd be like Gollum, you know, just barely crawling through. <laughs> Hair falling out, all skinny and gross and, you know, I'd be hangry all the time. Come on, you just, you just aren't gonna be happy when you're only eating vegetables. I'm sorry for all you vegetable people out there, but no, God, God, God gave us meat and, and fruits and, and carbs to God be the glory. And, and, and he crafted donuts and all this good stuff to God be the glory. That's why we have donut walls on today, all right? But, but, but here's what happened. I, I truly believe it. They weren't strong because of the vegetables. Sorry to mess up some of your diets. Listen, I think they're stronger because, because they, choose, they chose character. 
You, you build your character and watch, God will build your strength. You'll feel stronger than, a, you, you walk around in shame because you lack character or you walk around in strength because you have character. You say, no, no, I'm doing the right thing even though nobody is looking, nobody's seeing it, I'm gonna do what's right. It'll build your strength at times. And, and look what happened, watch, watch this, it's the end of the story of these guys. And at the end of the time set by the king to bring them into his service, the chief official, he presented them to Nebuchadnezzar. And look what he said. The king talked with them. And he found how many equal? None. None equal to, to Daniel, to Hananiah, to Michelle, and to Azariah. So they entered the king's service. And in every matter of wisdom and understanding about which the king questioned them, guess what? He found them 10 times better than everybody else. That is what happens when you focus on your character. When you make decisions to say, even though it's difficult, even though nobody else is doing it, I'm gonna, do a, I'm gonna make it a point to work on my character. You'll want, because everybody wants the promotion. Everybody wants to get 10 times better. Everybody wants their marriage to be 10 times better, their kids to be 10 times better, their health to be 10 times better. I'm telling you, listen, Character precedes your promotion. So if you work on your character, not on your promotion, watch how when you work on your character, God will bring the promotion in your life. All of a sudden, you'll get recognized. All of a sudden, you'll get blessed. Let me tell you why. We miss this because we go, if we work on our character, it's so internal and nobody sees. Listen to me, church. God sees. God sees. And I'm a firm believer that God is faithful to reward what he sees in private. He will reward you. You keep doing the wrong, right thing. You keep doing the right thing for the right amount of time. You keep doing the right thing when nobody else is looking. And guess what? If you do it in private, what nobody else wants to do in private, God will bless you publicly where everybody else wants to be blessed publicly. Come on, give him a little bit of praise today, amen? All right. So in the last couple of minutes together, how, how do we build character? That's the million dollar question. If, if you want that promotion, you wanna be stronger, how do we get, build character at the place of testing? Let me give you three things and we're gonna close it out. Number one is simply this, is that you have to surround yourself with people of character. All right, notice I did not say surround yourself with characters. Some of you guys are like, check, got that one done right now, on my row right now. No, 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 that's not the case. It didn't say surround yourself with characters. Surround yourself with people of characters. I, I think this, the story went like this, okay? Daniel's sitting there. His buddies are all there, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. They're sitting there. And probably Shadrach, you know, Shadrach's probably the bad boy guy. You know, Shadrach is sitting there. They call him Shad. And Shad's sitting there just... He's starting, he's, he, they got the pork, they got the wine, they got all the food. They're not supposed to be eating it according to Old Testament law. And he's about to like take a bite and Daniel goes, uh -uh. Uh, and then he's, Shadrach's like, are you serious? Daniel's like, Chad, you, you know it's right. You know that you're not supposed to eat that food. And Chad's probably like, Dan, we're a thousand miles away. We're not even in Israel anymore. Listen, when in Rome, you know, we're, we're in Babylon, do as the, the Babels like, like do the, do the Babels or whatever. No, 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 you know, whatever happens in Babylon, it's just, it's the, it was the phrase of the day. But Dan, he had a friend in his life, I don't want to point to my knife, <laughs> he, had a, he had a friend in his life who he said, no, 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 we, we're not going to defile our character in this situation. 
You, you, you will always have as much character as those people in your life. That is why the people you surround yourself with matter so much. And I, I'm getting to a place, I, I just firmly believe it. You don't have to believe it. I'm getting to a place we're just starting. Next week will be six years uh, here at Radiant Church. Six years since we started this thing. And I'm telling you this, I think we're just scratching the surface of the potential of the life change, of the outreach, of what we're gonna do for this city in Jesus' name. But I, I realize, listen, I believe we have the team and the talent to take us to the top. But I wanna make sure we have the characters to sustain it. So I'm tired of surrounding myself with people that just validate my bad behavior. I've, just, I've, I've opened up recently to people going, listen, I want you to call me out. I want you to do this. Actually, about three weeks ago, I was on the phone with one of my good friends and, and we were talking about something in ministry. And he, he said this phrase to me. And, and it really offended me. He said, Aaron, he goes, I love you. He goes, I respect you, but I just want you to know, you are completely wrong in thinking that, and it's a blind spot in your life, and you gotta fix it. I, I looked at my phone like this. I was like, does he not know the fourth fastest growing? <laughs> I'm sitting there going, who, who do you think you are? I, and I was taken back and offended for a second, and then I go, he's right. You, you, you just have those moments. You have to have those moments where you go, I'm allowing some friends in my life to go, you know what? Call me on this thing. Call me on how I talk to my spouse. Call me on what I'm looking at on my phone. Call me on how I treat my finances. Call me how all my excuses. Listen, you've got to have these people in your life because you'll only, your character will only be as strong as the community in your life. Uh, that's why we have two avenues here for you to create community, and they all both are a big deal for today. One is Radiant Groups that tonight at 7 o'clock, they'll go live, and you can sign up at every location. Just want you to know they'll fill up unbelievably fast. And I know, the excuse, I know what's going to happen. I'm going to get about 10 emails, and they're going to go, I cannot believe you did not have a group for, for me and my friends. And I'm going to say, I mean, here's my response. It's going to be automatic. I am sorry you did not sign up to lead the group for you and your friends, because that's all the people that we have signed up. So, so if you don't, go through the group this semester and then lead one next semester. But the next one is Next Steps. Next Steps is a great opportunity for you to simply take some next steps in your faith and, and get connected here at Radiant Church. Get off the sidelines at every location. I think we have eight or nine opportunities for Next Steps today alone. Get connected here at your church. Your community matters. Number two, simply this, is that when the choice is between what is right and what is easy, Choose what is right in the smallest of details. A lot of you guys are probably sitting there and you don't even connect with this illustration because you're sitting there going, Aaron, it's just food. Like someone just said that. You were thinking the thing and just, Aaron, it's just food. Aaron, it's just wine. Aaron, it's just, it's, it, it, it's sacrificed idols. It's no big deal. People of character think small cracks of integrity are big deals. So uh, I'm gonna treat things that are small to everybody else as a big deal. The way I treat people, the way I talk to people, the way, the, way I, the way I speak, the numbers I use, I'm gonna treat small. Listen, if it's always between what is right and what is easy, never choose what is easy. Nobody ever did anything great for God by choosing what is easy. What is easy will get you to work. Guess what? The diet, if it was easy, everybody would be in shape, but it's hard. That's why fast food is everywhere. Healthy food's not, but between what is easy and what is right. Listen, there's people everywhere, but there's not godly spouses everywhere. So don't choose what is easy, choose what is right. And if you choose what is right, God will bless your life. Come on, give me a better amen than that. All right, last one. And we'll close out the message with this. And I'm telling you, I want you here next week as we continue this whole series on our anniversary Sunday. 
of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. It'll help your life. But here's the third one, ready? Simply this, rely on God's power to fix your flaws. Because I think if some of you guys are pretty uh, frustrated right now because you heard this whole message and you go, Aaron, if you knew the real me, ha, I'm, I'm failing in the character department. Hey, we've all been there. We've all cut corners at times. We've all exaggerated. We've all lied. We've all had secrets in our life that really were damaging. We've all had those moments. But I want you to know, in moments where my character is flawed, I, as a believer, no longer have to fix it myself. I can rely on God's power to fix that issue. This is the, this is, I honestly think this is the real reason that they were stronger and more nourished after the 10 days than they were before. Because in those 10 days, they said, all I'm eating is vegetables. I'm a a rabbit right now. This is miserable. And in the moment where all they ate is vegetables, guess what? They received power from God. In their weaknesses, he became their strength. In their deficits, he became their deliverer. In their frustrations, he fought for them. When we are weak, God's power is made strong and we can rely on him. We can go to him and he can give us the strength to deal with whatever character flaws in your life today. Reminds me of my daughter. She was trying to take the trash up. I asked her, I said, take that trash from the the bottom of our, where our house is at. It kind of has a steep slope to the road where the trash can goes. And she, she was going to do it. I guess we had extra trash in there. It's really heavy. She's done it before, but she tried to move this thing and I was working in some other stuff in our house and she tried to move this thing for 15, 20 minutes and it's just barely nudging. You know, those, it's like you lean them down and she's trying to move. She's only seven. She's working so hard. So finally she ran to me. She said, Daddy, I have tried. I have tried. I have tried. I can't move it anymore. I said, baby, why, why don't we do this? Why don't we do it together? Why don't we do it together? So I walked over there. We took this trash can and I took it with one hand because I'm super strong. <laughs> Brought it down like this. She had her other hand on one side. I, I was holding 99% of that trash can. And I'm going like this and she's going like, she's like, we're doing it. We're doing it, daddy. We're doing it. We got to the, to the end of the road. We put it up there. She goes up, she's like, high five. I got it done. And she gave me a high five. I'm like, in my, I wanted to say, you didn't do anything. I was carrying the load in here. I did the hard work. Guess what? That is our relationship with God. As believers, guess what? When you invite his power into your problem, you say, God, I have this character problem. I have this struggle. I can't get over it. Guess what? He carries the load for you. He will bring you into victory. He will bring you into breakthrough. He is a God that will carry the weight. And guess what? We will all celebrate when you see the victory at the end of it. Come on, give God better praise than that today, amen? So let's do it right now. At every location, let's invite God's power into your problems and character flaws. Lord, I pray for your church right now. If I did hands raised right now of just people with character flaws, character cracks in their character, struggles in their character, God, probably every hand in this room and every room would go up. So Lord, I just pray for every, every person here that calls themselves a believer, a follower of Jesus. Let this be a month where we're really able to dive into fixing our character, getting the right friends in our life, getting the right community around us, being really diligent about the small details when it's, 
when it's hard, we're gonna choose what's hard instead of what's easy. And really, we invite you. Come on right now at every location, just say, God, I invite your power into my character flaws, into my issues, into my addictions, into my struggles, into my, my lying, into my gossiping, into the way I reacted to my spouse. God, I invite your power into our flaws. As you're asking him right now to do that, I wanna pray at every location for people who don't have a relationship with God. I want you to know we put this whole service on for you because we want you to know it's not too late. You haven't screwed up too much. You see, when we were helpless in our flaws, the Bible says that Christ came. And 2,000 years ago, he died on the cross for your sins and for mine. While we were yet sinners, Christ died. And here's what we have to do. The Bible says if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us of our sins and cleanse us of all unrighteousness. I want you to know, he can cleanse you today. You walked in here with shame, you can walk out of here saved. You walked in here broken, you walk out of here free because of what Jesus did on the cross for you. Here's your part of it. You just gotta accept, accept him and say, just like my daughter did, I can't do it on my own. I need you in my life. Today's your day of surrendering to God. That's you on the count of three, you say, Aaron, today's my day of salvation. I've been doing life my own way. I'm ready to give Jesus my life at every location. St. Pete, Heights, Brandon here in South Tampa. If that's you, I want you to throw that hand up. Wave at me on the count of three, ready? One, two, three. Throw that hand up all over this place. There's dozens of hands here in South Tampa. Heights, Brandon, St. Pete, just throw it, wave it at me right there. Yes, put it right back down. God saw it. He, he sees you, he, it's just like my daughter on that driveway. He sees you asking, saying, I need help. And now you're gonna invite him into your life. Say, say it like this, right, right in your seat. Say, Jesus, I invite you into my life. Forgive my sins. Forgive my issues, my mistakes. Today, I make a decision to make you the Lord and Savior of my life. Jesus, for the rest of my life, I'm gonna follow you. And now tell him this, I'm not turning back. I'm gonna keep following you. Now tell him this, now give me the power necessary to walk this thing out. In Jesus' name we pray. And everybody that believes it says, can we celebrate dozens of people throughout Tampa Bay? Come on, give God better praise than that. It's amazing. Love it, love it, love it. Here's what I want you to do. If you ever one of those that just made that decision, best decision you'll ever make in your life, I want you to check on that connection card. I committed my life to Christ. We wanna send you some resources, some help to, to take you those next steps. I would encourage you at every location, go to next steps. Be part of this thing and watch what God will do when you get yourselves around some good community. Hey, we're gonna end this service by worshiping God with our generosity at every location. There's three ways to give here at Radiant Church. You know, giving to me is also a character thing. The Bible says the first 10% belongs to the Lord. So I, it's a character thing for me where I look at my finances and say, you know what, I'm gonna honor God with my finances. And I know it's tough, but when it's a choice between doing what's right and doing what's easy, choose what's right. And watch how he'll bless your life, and he always does. And I want you to know, Radiant Church, you guys are making a big difference. Wednesday night, I randomly threw it together because my heart is so grieved by those people in the Bahamas. So I told them on, we were gonna do on Wednesday night a, an offering for the Heights to try to just finish, paint it off. I said, that's less important. Than, than the people in the, um, in the Bahamas. 
So on Wednesday night, we took an offering. We've raised thousands of dollars since Wednesday till now already. We're sending it in the next couple of days. So if you still wanna to give to Hurricane Relief, you can do that online. Click on that giving button, go down. Give your tithe first, honor God first. And then if you wanna give above and that to help people, I want you to know we're partnering with Convoy of Hope. Those funds will be on the ground in the next couple of days because of your generosity. Thank you guys for being together, changing the world in Jesus' name, amen. Lord, bless your people. Lord, I thank you that giving is like that ladder that on the shoots and ladder game. God, when we give, we get promoted and blessed in ways that we never thought was possible. So I pray a blessing over your people. They are so faithful to you. They're so faithful to your church. And I pray a blessing over their lives as they honor you at every location. In Jesus' name we pray. And if you believe it, say amen, amen, amen. Thank you for listening to the Radiant Church Podcast. For service times or giving options, visit us at weareradiant.com.